0: Thank you, uh, Members. We move on now to questions to the Assembly Commission. Before we begin, I wish to clarify for the record of the House that Mr Keith Buchanan's appointment as Deputy Chairperson of the Committee for Finance does not take effect until 3.30 p.m. this afternoon, which means that Mr Buchanan remains a member of the Commission until that point in accordance with Standing Order 79-6. I am sure Members appreciate Mr Buchanan's courtesy to the Assembly to ensure that he was able answer questions on behalf of the Commission today. Can I also advise Members that questions number 5, 11 and 13 have been withdrawn. I call Mr Trevor Clark. Uh,
1: question number one. With your permission Mr Principal Deputy Speaker, group questions 1, 7, 12 8, together. So I need an extra minute if that is okay. Thank the Members for their questions. Members will appreciate that the primary functions of the Assembly or to hold the executive to account, to make laws and to represent the interests of the people of Northern Ireland. This has been the key consideration for the Assembly Commission's decision in limiting access to Parliament buildings to permanent pass holders during the coronavirus pandemic. This decision was taken in order to ensure the health and safety of our staff, members and other building users and to minimise the risk of infection so that the vital work of the Assembly was not disrupted. The Assembly Commission reaffirmed that decision on a number of occasions, most recently on 12 May, and committed to undertaking a further review before the end of June. That further review has now taken place, taking cognizance of the significant easing of public health restrictions and guidance in recent weeks, which has allowed a welcome degree of family, societal, and economic normalisation. Given that the Assembly goes into a summer recess on the 10th of July, the Assembly Commission considers that it is appropriate that the current limitations on access to Parliament buildings are removed at that point and that events, tours, public dining and visitors to Parliament buildings should resume on the fourteenth of July after the public holidays. The Speaker wrote to all the members yesterday to set out the Assembly Commission's decision. This date of the fourteenth of july will allow time for staff to make the necessary preparations for the return of visitors to Parliament buildings, whilst ensuring the health and safety of all building users and that of the public and minimising the risk of infection so that the vital work of the Assembly is not disrupted in advance of recess. While Members may have a range of questions on the outworking of future changes to public health regulations and guidance in respect of events, tours, public dining and visitors to Parliament buildings, these are matters for Executive Ministers rather than for the Assembly Commission. Therefore, it will be unhelpful for me to speculate on what further decisions the Executive will take and how this might impact on the Commission's decision.
0: Mr. Clark.
2: Thank you very much uh, Mr Principal Speaker and can I thank the member for his answer. notwithstanding um, what he said in his answer in relation to the things they have to take into account, but should the Commissioner also take into account the pace in which the changes, albeit they've been slow by the executive, have allowed for other places to open and get back to business? Indeed even in the canteen in this place we're sitting almost three metres apart at single tables where you can eat out in a restaurant now quite freely at the weekends or at any night during the week. So, for me, I'm wondering why the Commission's wor- uh, working at such a slow pace, even
1: compared to the executive in terms of their regulations? Thank the Member for his answer, and obviously, I'd rather have a, a slow pace than a risky pace. So, just with respect to your uh, point on the Blue Flex restaurant, given the proximity of the summer recess and the continued emphasis on reducing the risk of infection, the existing two-metre social distancing in the Blue Blueflex county will continue to apply until summer recess and then reduced to one metre, with a fact from the 14th of July or the social distancing requirements enforced at the relevant time. However, to reiterate, the Assembly Commission will continue to apply decisions of the Executive in line with public health regulations and guidance to protect the health and safety of staff, members and other building usings. Ms. Paula Bradley.
3: Thank you Mr Principal Deputy Speaker and I thank um, the the member for his answer so far and I welcome um, that date of the 14th of July for some easements um, within Parliament building for a general public. Can I just ask then uh, in respect of events, um, I know certainly I try the all party group in homelessness and we would like to get an event in the diary, is that now going to be open for uh, members to start to book the Lawn Gallery and things like that for events?
1: Thank the member for your request. Yes, that's correct. The 22nd of June is obviously the date that members can ap- approach the events uh, department and get those dates uh, booked in. With regard to events and tours, um, the Assembly Commission will continue to adopt a risk-based approach to delivery of events and tours in Parliament buildings, and will move forward cautiously, based on any public health regulations and guidance in place at the time of reopening, and particularly the practical considerations in relation to the provision of events and tours whilst observing any social distancing or other requirements, will need to be considered in detail to ensure that they can be provided safely. and If this is not the case, then they should, would not be offered at that time.
0: Mr Pat Catley.
1: Thank you, Mr
2: Principal, Deputy Speaker, and thank you Mr. your so far. I would like to ask, how will the Assembly Commission ensure the safety of staff, members, building users and the general public in like? Of where we are and the risks that are still there with the
1: pandemic. Thank you. I thank the member for, for his question. Um, the assembly commission will basically do that in risk assessment as they've always did, uh, and uh, the director for that area risk assess on a regular basis, feeds that into the commission, and we make the decision based on his or her recommendation. So it's purely down to risk assessment.
0: Moving on, Mr. Andrew Muir. Can Speaker. Mr. John O'Dwyer.
2: Before answering the question, can I thank uh, Keith for his contribution to the Commission over this last year or so? Uh, Despite a small number of disagreements, we have always worked together on the Commission in a courteous and professional manner. In relation to the Member's question, can I thank the Member for his question? As MLAs, I think all of us know that the first few weeks of assembly life can be daunting for newly elected members. The Assembly Commission therefore understands the importance of providing these members with an appropriate induction programme. Indeed, the Assembly Commission has implemented an induction programme for new MLAs at the outset of the new mandates since 2016. In advance of the next Assembly election, the Assembly Commission's clerking and member support office is expanding the previous induction programme. This member induction and development framework will include programme of activities that will, uh, will be available to all members from the start of the next mandate. The induction aspect of the programme will expand on work carried out at the beginning of the previous mandates, including providing members with an induction handbook. This will contain key information and contacts so that all new MLAs can access all the services they require within Parliament buildings to enable them to settle in as quickly as possible. This is only one aspect of the wider Welcome Orientation programme that Assembly Commission officials are currently developing to assist both newly elected and returning MLAs with practical arrangements during the first few days and weeks following their election. The Assembly Commission recognises that the induction requirements are multifaceted, and to that end, Commission officials will continue to provide support to new members on the role and responsibilities of an MLA. This includes sessions with Business Office and the procedures of the Assembly and standing orders with the bill office on the legislative process, and with committee clerks on the role of statutory and standing committees, they will also continue to be focused on continuing professional development to support all MLAs in their roles as legislators as public representatives.
1: Mr. Muir. Um, Thank you very much, uh, Mr Principal Deputy Speaker, and I thank Mr O'Dowd for his response. Um, As one of a number of co-opted MLAs, I think it would be useful, going forward, in in terms of focusing on legislation. One of the key findings in relation to the RHI inquiry was the ability of MLAs to be able to properly scrutinise legislation. So, whether uh, the Commission would consider, as part of this programme, to speak to some of the MLAs who have came on board since the last election, and take on board any lessons learnt in terms of improving the ability to brief MLAs and the ability to scrutinise legislation on all the different uh, stages that occur as part of that?
3: Um,
2: well, I, th- I think that's an important uh, comment that the member has made. And the Assembly Commission Clerk is here taking notes, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to engage with yourself. On your experiences and see how we fit that in to any induction programme moving forward.
0: Mr. Sinead Ennis.
3: Mr Principal Deputy Speaker, um, can I ask the member what consideration has the Commission given to the introduction of more family friendly measures in the Assembly both for members and staff and including um, child care provision? Oh, thank you. Uh,
2: those, those members are those matters, particularly in terms of child-mending and family-friendly Working times and environment are under consideration. Uh, the COVID pandemic puts a number of those measures on hold, but it is an area which the Commission has looked at and will continue to want to make progress on in regards to ensuring that our procedures and practices allow for the full involvement of all within uh, the Assembly and its, its structures.
0: I
3: it's Prilash, uh, Keshever, three, it Question three, please.
0: I call Mrs Dolores Kelly. Uh,
3: thank you, uh, Principal Deputy Speaker, and I thank the member for her question. The issue of the display and artefacts is one that has been raised by parties on all sides of the House at different times over the years, but on which it has been difficult to achieve a political agreement. At the Commission meeting on the 17 February, a paper was considered which proposed a significant and strategic project to take a different approach to looking at the display of artefacts uh, within the building. The Commission has agreed a set of principles and a framework to underpin the project, which involves officials working with Dr Eamon Phoenix to develop a narrative of the key events and figures connected to Parliament buildings and the institutions it housed, which should be reflected in the building. This will seek to ensure that all parts of our community are represented, but will also take account of the visitor experience and how displayed items are used to inform and educate visitors on our history. The Commission will then be in a better place to determine which of its artefacts can be used to illustrate that narrative and all parts of our community, but also to consider gaps which will then allow items to be identified and brought into the building to fill them. Officials have been conducting some of the initial scoping work and will be engaging further with Dr Phoenix this month, once activities around this month's centenaries have passed. Officials intend to complete a first phase to come to the Commission with initial proposals by the end of September. Uh, This is an ambitious project and I think it is significant that all Commission members have endorsed it.
0: Ms (coughs)
3: Sheeran. I thank the Member for her answer. Uh, Would you agree that Parliament buildings should be reflective of all the people that are represented within this institution and that currently there is a massive imbalance that should be addressed? thank the member again for the supplementary and indeed I would agree that um, there's a number of communities not least women uh, that are underrepresented around the House, given that we are 51 per cent of the population. But the in- issue of symbolism and the display of artefacts within Parliament buildings has been raised with the Commission of a number of times since 1998, both by those who feel the symbolism in the building does not reflect all parts of the community and by those who have asked for all of the Commission artefacts which are cur- currently in storage to be permanently displayed. However, the Commission has regretfully been unable to find a way forward for a number of reasons, including the lack of suggestions of alternative items, the inability to identify available items and difficulty in achieving political agreement. The approach recently agreed is a deliberate attempt by the Commission to try and change the conversation on these issues in order to try and move forward. I think it is much more likely to lead to progress, which ensures that all sections of the community are reflected in an agreed way.
4: Mr. Chim Allister. Could I would suggest that this Commission, this year, that under it we have seen overt oppression of any non-Republican expression. We saw the scandalous refusal of a centenary stone. We have seen the refusal to deploy the artefacts that range over many decades in an exhibition which are stored away at public cost and never allowed to see the light of day. and We have seen the refusal to even light the building in memory of innocent victims of terrorism. Why is it that this Commission does nothing that does not fit with the Sinn Féin agenda? Mrs.
3: Uh, I was wondering when the member was going to come to the question, rather than a retrospective of his own analysis of the work of the Commission. I would have to say that my uh, experience over the past year in working with the Commission uh, has been very productive, and I want to thank Mr Buchanan for his work on the Commission. I think we've made a lot of changes uh, uh, over the last uh, number of months, particularly in view of the pandemic and some of the decisions uh, that the Commission uh, has been uh, dealing with but also we, we also have to deal with the reality that this assembly contains a diverse range of political opinions and perspectives and while and while the building was undoubtedly influenced by its early history it should also reflect more recent developments including the current assembly and this approach will mean that all of those items currently in storage will be considered for how they might add value to illustrating our history for visitors however i would say to the member that not every artifact owned by the commission is necessary directly relevant to this building and may actually be more relevant to other organisations.
0: Ms Cara Hunter.
3: Thank you Mr Principal Deputy Speaker and I would like thank the member for bringing this important question forward. Uh, I welcome the Commission's work uh, on this matter and uh, can I just ask how long you think this work will take? Thank you. I thank the, the member for her supplementary, and the Commission has not agreed a precise timeframe at this point, but recognises that there is a need to balance the significant amount of work involved with the need to deliver results at an early stage. It is therefore likely that the project may be delivered in stages, with initial proposals being presented to the Commission by the end of September, however, the Commission will be receiving regular updates and is mindful of the wishes of members to make progress in this area.
0: Mr. Alan Chambers. Uh, question number four, Mr Principal Deputy Speaker, to be answered by Mr Robbie Butler.
5: Thank you Mr Principal Deputy Speaker, I thank the member for his question and would like to put on record my thanks to uh, Mr Buchanan for his work on the Commission. and I will miss calling him the boy from Pomeroy, but I will see you in the, in the alleyways I am sure. Um, the Assembly Commission has a statutory obligation under Section 40 of the Northern Ireland Act 1998. To provide the Assembly or ensure that the Assembly is provided with the property, staff and services required for the Assembly's purposes. But the provision of services to individual members is not a function of the Commission under the 1998 Act. As such, the Commission has no role in opening, operating, maintaining or closing down a constituency office beyond administering the allowances that the Assembly has made available for those purposes. Similarly, all responsibilities uh, relating to a constituency office fall to the member, including all aspects of health and safety for a member's employee who work in that office and for the health and safety of the public who might visit that office. The the Commission can and does provide advice to members on a range of issues. That includes a note to members that was issued in June 2020 that provided signposting advice to members when they were deciding whether to reopen their offices at that stage last year. That advice still stands, and the Commission is willing to reissue it now, uh, but the interpretation of the current regulations and guidance as they relate to any decision to reopen a constituency office, with or without an appointment, rests solely with each member. Thank you. Thank you. Um,
0: <clears throat> so impressed was Mr. Chambers by that answer. He does not wish to ask a supplementary, so that is that's grand. Dead on. Uh, Mr. Colin Gilderney.
2: Um, Can the Commission uh, give us an update on the measures that will be in place to protect uh, public visitors here to Parliament buildings?
5: I thank the Member for his supplementary um, uh, question. I think it's a a really good question. I think most of it was probably covered earlier by my, my colleague Mr Buchanan with regard to the assessment that the Commission has taken with regard to risk in terms of ensuring that we act appropriately within the regulations and the guidance that is given by the Department of Health and the Executive. There has been some critique today as to the speed with which the Commission is operating, but I think the the, the statement made by the the Member earlier, which says it's better to be safe than sorry, I think we're certainly acting in accordance with the regulations and the guidance that's given by the PHA on this matter, and that will continue to be uh, the case.
0: Thank you. Mr Alex Easton has withdrawn his question. Mr Patsy McGlone is not in his place. Mrs Paula Bradley's question has been answered. Mr. Pat Catney is not in his place. Ms. Sinead good
3: Question 9, please.
0: To be answered by Mrs. Keller.
3: Thank, uh, thank you, Mr. Principal Deputy Speaker, and I thank uh, the member for her question. The uh, Assembly Commission has a strong commitment to sustainable development including reductions to its carbon footprint. As such, the Commission first received accreditation to the environmental standard ISO 14001 in in September 2011. This was successfully maintained when the standard was replaced by 14002015 in 2017 and has been retained each year since. The Commission's Sustainable Development Office works closely with the Department of Finance's Energy Management Unit to ensure that appropriate measures are in place to reduce our carbon footprint where possible. For example, the Commission receives its electricity via a Department of Finance contract, with all of the electricity being 100 per cent renewable. In addition, since the Commission started formally measuring its usage in 0809, there has been an 83 per cent reduction in paper usage, a 34 per cent reduction in electricity usage and a 15 per cent reduction in gas usage. The Commission also participates in the Business in the Community's annual environmental benchmarking survey. Last year, the Commission attained a platinum award, the highest level available, and was named as a responsible business champion in the environmental leadership category. To encourage building users to avail of sustainable travel, there are four electric vehicle charging points situated in the upper car park of Parliament buildings. The Commission also has a cycle to work scheme that is available to all members and staff. One of the very few bright spots arising from the COVID-19 pandemic and the implementation of measures to facilitate remote working for both members and staff in Parliament buildings has been a reduction in travel to and from Parliament buildings as well as a reduction in the use of fossil fuels to travel, there has been some reduction in utility usage in the building. Thank you, and I thank the Member for that very comprehensive answer. She um, referenced the electric vehicle charge points, and I am wondering has the Commission given any consideration to extending the electric vehicle charge points across the estate? I thank uh, the member for a supplementary. I think it's a very valid one, and it um, is something the Commission is hoping to meet again, I think by the end of this month. And of course, we have particular targets to meet in relation to our carbon footprint uh, across the, the region. So it is something I will bring to the attention of the Commission and come back to the member. but I do think there's a very valid point to make, since we hope that there will be hybrid and increased electric vehicles uh, on the road in the near future.
0: Mr. Boylan. Member question number ten. Thank you. Mr. Robbie Butler.
5: Thank you, Mr. Principal Deputy Speaker. Thank the member for his question. The member will be aware that the Assembly Commission only has responsibility for Parliament buildings and the area immediately surrounding the building. And beyond that, the management of the Stormont Estate falls within the, the remit of the Department of Finance and specifically their Estates Management Unit. Since its inception in 2015, the Commission has worked in partnership with the Estates Management Unit to, to attain and retain uh, the business in the community's business and uh, biodiversity charter for the Stormont Estate. Uh, within the Commission's limited remit, an apiary has been installed at the west side of Parliament buildings. There are currently three beehives and trained beekeepers from building services working closely uh, with these bees, the providers, to maintain and look after these beehives. Uh, Although it has been a challenging year, it is hoped that this resource can again be used as a way to educate staff and visitors, including school groups, about the importance of bees in terms of biodiversity. Within the Stormont Estate, the estate's management unit has provided a woodland environment with minimal intrusion to protect and expand uh, the habitat for plant and animal life. The Commission, through the uh, Events Office and the Education Officers, promotes the nature trails uh, throughout the estate and encourages visitors and school groups to make use of the grounds when they visit Parliament buildings, and I'm sure the Commission would encourage members to, to do that also. Uh, in this regard, the Sustainable Development Office is a partner of the Eco-Schools Groups, uh, uh, which helps to raise awareness of wildlife in the estate when meeting with school groups. The Commission's Sustainable Development Office continues to liaise closely with the Estate Management Unit in order to promote wildlife around Parliament buildings. Mr can
0: Go on, Margaret. I can't call you, eh, last can call uh, Can I thank the member for his answers just in relation to that? Um, does the Commission in any of the programmes that it has brought forward engage with environmental organisations to ensure best practice in any of those programmes?
5: thank the member um, for his supplementary question. It's a very good question um, and there is a partnership approach but in terms of the detail of that I will ensure that that, that is answered through uh, a written answer if that is okay in terms of the, the exact detail. Thank you. Mr Jim Allister.
4: If it does not offend the Sinn Féin controllers of the Commission, could I suggest that in the interest of the bees there might be the planting of a rose bed to mark the centenary of Northern Ireland and then the bees could feed on the nectar which would be produced? What could possibly be wrong with that?
5: I thank the Member um, for his his statement. uh, I do take exception to anybody think Are mistaken my meekness for weakness, and the Commission is not simply led. I I can assure you of that. Uh, uh, Controlled? Well, it's not. Don't don't, uh, mistake my meekness for weakness. But with regard to your your suggestion, I'm sure it will be taken on board, and we will discuss it in the next uh, Commission meeting.
0: Thank you. Given the history that's in it, I hope there's no references to B specials. Anyway, uh, can I uh, ask members and advise the House just to take their ease for a few moments? We have exhausted all the questions on the list, thank you.